Good evening everyone, you're very welcome to the ninth episode of Modern Life is Rubbish. Um, tonight's episode is going to feature an interview with a very nice chap called Chris Kerr and we're going to be talking about mental health and grief. Um, so it's a wee bit heavy going this podcast, uh, maybe more so, definitely more so than last week which was possibly the most uh, irreverent, rude, um, <laughs> profanity filled hour uh, of my uh, recent my recent uh, years uh, thanks to Brona Diamond for that uh, so enjoy the podcast um, if there are themes in it that um, you know tr- now I won't want to say trigger, trigger is not the right word but if you feel that you want to reach out um, as a result of the podcast um make contact with me or speak to your GP, make contact with uh, Lifeline or Pips or Cruise Bereavement and um, you will get the help that you need there. But first and foremost, enjoy the podcast and thank you very much for listening. Give Chris a wee follow over on Instagram. He is there at Head Health Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, share, like, all that crap. And thank you again. And any more suggestions, um, contributions, voice messages, anything like that, get in touch. And um, we'll we'll keep doing what we're doing. So, enjoy. Alright guys, so I'm here with uh, with Chris Kerr. Everybody say hello. Um, hi, do- hi Dr. Nick. Chris, what's the crack? I'm okay now. All good. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, how's lockdown going for you? Ah, it's dead on. I thought it was, you know, I thought it would have been a bit worse, like, but um, I actually just moved house at the start of it all, so I um, suppose that sort of preoccupied me a bit, like, as well, so um, it hasn't been too bad. So you've had, like, unfettered um, time to spend doing DIY and banal, boring house stuff, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it, it replaced the football rating quickly, like, so, yeah, not a bad one to, to swap it with. How's, how's your ma? I should stay on, I think. Um, I, I tenuously know your mummy um, through a friend of mine uh, who works with her. So oh, that's I've, right. I've, I've had a bit of crack with her different times online and stuff. Yeah, like, she's not ways. She's definitely, she's definitely all about the crack. So. Oh, uh, no, she's getting on alright. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So she's, um, she's looking alright. Good, good. Um. I'm just well. Actually, you you chat away and just uh, just let people know. I've had a good few questions in, so there are um, there are quite a few people who know what you're what you're about and mm-hmm. and, and who you are, etc., etc. But just for for the uninitiated, just just go for it. So um, obviously I'm originally from from Belfast. Um, just recently moved to the country of Armagh, and I've uh, probably better known for playing Gaelic football. I played for. Play force and goal, sorry, come back from injury uh, for the club. And uh, I played for Antrim for, for 12 years. Um, and then uh, more recently, probably, you know, I've, I've been pretty active in doing a lot of things around um, mental health, and in particular, not trying to target anyone in particular, but more aimed at, at, at men because of the sort of stigma and, and issues uh, surrounding men speaking about their mental health. So that's really it. Like just a normal sort of creator. 
You're just a, a normal, a, a, an everyday guy. Oh, I was just a normal wee Wesley. Here, a wee Wesley is right. What notion did a, a West Belfast man take to move to Armagh? Um, that was that would be the other half. Maria, she's from Armagh. Um, is, she uh, Arm- is she an Armagh woman in, in every sense of the word? Okay, well, she's from Armagh City, so it's just in the Armagh City, so it's not too well, it's not too culty, like, but it's culty enough for me. Like. Yeah, what, what's, the, what's the, the biggest thing that you've had to adjust to, apart from the fucking shite roads? Um, do you know what? I think, if anything, lockdown has probably made it a bit easier, because... You know, I, I, I work in Belfast, I work for NIE, and then I play football, obviously, for St. Gauls in my club in, in Belfast, so I haven't been travelling, so it's made it a bit easier, just sort of bedding in, so to speak, but I suppose going from the hustle and bustle of, you know, the Andy Town Road, of black taxis and gliders and buses, to, you know, you're out walking, there's sheep and cows, and uh, <laughs> have just you ever, have you ever, boys ever seen? And, Ever seen a sheep or a cow? Before? Do you know what I did? Uh, I used to do the I used to do the bar the old time at the Balmoral show, but that was about it. Um, right. And I think just uh, you know, even the smell of country air is a big shock to the system sometimes. Um, well, I've lived in the country all my life, and to be honest, the smell to me. Standing in alright, like stayed on. I thought thought it might have been would have been tougher, like, but it hasn't been too bad to be fair. Well, you have a long road to go yet. I know. Um, so, uh, how did how did you get into the sort of whole realm of um, the mental health things? To be honest, um, yeah, it was sort of it was like I don't think it was any real plan, you know, concrete plan. What I, you know, obviously my sort of background or whatever. What happened to me was obviously my dad passed away of cancer, and um, that led for me to have my, you know my own troubles or, or worries so to speak after it um, and I think that uh, you know for you know, I think once I attended like CBT counselling or and counselling they were like you know why don't you keep a journal of what happened so I sort of kept a brief sort of thing of what it, the whole the whole sort of time of it um, and just two years ago or over two and a half years ago after a lot of arguing with myself and sort of you know to and fro one about whether to do it or not. I just put it sort of publicly through the GA and um, just put it out there because obviously being from West uh, Belfast, um, you know, the suicide rates and mental health problems in general are, you know, they're sky high um, and that goes across the city and I know it's not just obviously the Belfast but across, you know, the North in, in general. Like, so um, I just felt that if, if I could put out there um, what I went through, um, what it was like to feel low but also to show that it's okay to ask for help um, regardless of you know your sex or whatever it may be you know i'm i'm six foot four um you know 16 stone gaelic footballer so like you know there's nearly like a machoism that goes goes with that so um just to show people that you don't have to bottle it up and if anything it's a a show of strength that you you actually go and and want to get get help and and come out the other side of it and and that's what i've done and it's it's not like trying to be a hero or trying to act you know, a big lad, it's just more or less that, you know, yeah, a lot of people have spoken to me saying of, you know, addiction problems or financial breakdown or, um, 
relationship breakdowns and whatnot, but um, not everyone will go through that. But at some stage, either people have or will lose a parent or both their parents at some stage. So, um, you know, almost everyone can, can relate to that at, at some stage in their life. Yeah. Uh, what age were you having your daddy? Uh, just, uh, I was 26, sorry. 26. 26. Yeah, so uh, 34 here in two months like so time flies <laughs> it does but well i suppose in a way i you know speaking of something i i haven't lost i haven't experienced that, that type of grief. so you know i've obviously had my own struggles ways and you know have been through the the sort of system of you know going to the gp going getting stuff sorted and medication and stuff like that but um you know there's, there hasn't been a sort of a crystallizing moment where you know it's been you know let's say you know a, a death or something like that so you know, uh, that's that's what sort of nearly a lot of people's problems they feel that god it, it's nothing sort of it's not a big thing that's happened to them or like you know as you're saying it doesn't have to be a death or whatever it may be if it's i always think that if it's my attitude to it now is like you know if it's if it's big enough to bother you for you know x amount of minutes or days or months or whatever like then it's, it's a big deal like when you say it out loud you probably think you know people will be like oh it's not that big of a deal like but if it's a big enough deal to you and it's causing you to be stressed or whatever it may be then you know it, it doesn't really differ from i don't think anyway that from like you know grief or, or whatever it may be and um, something something bigger like but and um, i think it should all be treated equally like it's like I, I i look at it like physical injuries picking up playing sport you know quick enough to go to physios and doctors no matter what it is um for them so i, I always feel that mental health problems should should be the same and should be on the same sort of level. And what was what was your sort of first point of, you know, looking for help to identify needed to, you know, how did how did that sort of come about? Do you know what? It was probably just all it, it was it was after like a build up of a lot of a of a good long time. And to be honest, um you know, I, I threw myself literally back into playing and training literally the the days after that my dad's funeral um went uh went to training the next night played a match two days later uh, for Antrim and at the time i was working in a, a temporary job so i um i just went back to work as well a week later because you know a part of me was like right i'll lose this job and then the second part was just like i want to just get back into some form of normality but you know i didn't even when I look back, I didn't even give myself a minute, you know, to sit back and go right, you know, or digest it all. Like, so I, I went down that route of it just threw myself back into everything. And then it was all just, as time went on, it was just becoming, um, you know, just everything. You're coming irritable, um, you know, going through different phases, really angry, really, then you'd be really emotional, really you know, sort of depressed and low where you didn't want to go out or speak to people. And then that was just all. Plus, the hardest bit was, um, you know, but like, as you mentioned about my like, you know, uh, in the changing room or, or in the round of team, I'd be the, you know, would have been remembered as a joker, messing about, always the centre of the crack. Um, so having to keep that front on and, and putting a, uh, you know, you hear people saying, putting a mask on, 
and pretending everything was okay that was a massive strain in itself so um it all just sort of came to head um you know probably i would say maybe eight months nine months after dad had passed away being out after one of the matches um and woke up the next day hung over and boys in my age were all off work um and organized a bit of a monday club type thing went out on the drink again um, knew I probably shouldn't have, but it was easier to agree to go than explain to eight or nine fellows the way I was feeling. And um, I was just like, right, all along. But all along, it was just like, I need out of here. And, um, you know, I, in, in loads of ways, like, you know, in the build up to that, it was becoming more and more um, sort of dominant thoughts that, like, I didn't want to be here really, to be honest, you know, and I was trying to think of ways, I never tried anything or done anything to myself, but I was, it was becoming more and more that I was like, how can I make this look like an accident that I've tripped and fell out in front of traffic or in the, in the water or, or something, or crashed a car and it looks like an accident, but um, this was constant, like this was nearly becoming, you know, the, the most dominant thought I had and it's just like I, I need to do something about this and um, you know, I'm quite active on, on Twitter, like, um, before sort of Instagram and um, came across the Gaelic Players Association, their confidential helpline number, and just kept, I rang it, they have a number for Northern players and obviously for Southern players, um, and I kept ringing it and hanging up, um, kept doing that a few times. Uh, the guy, the operator, probably was like, what sort of maniac is ringing here and not speaking, but... Um, one of the last times I just I just let him speak back and just sort of even saying it over the phone to a stranger how I was feeling and, and that I wanted to do something about it was a, a massive relief off my off off my shoulders again and that, that sort of kick started um going they they had me set up as a counsellor within two days so I was lucky in that sense too. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I know like, sometimes there's something nice about speaking to to a stranger or somebody that's you know outside of your situation yeah. because you know there's you, like, obviously people say you speak to a good friend and a good friend won't judge and will just listen to you and yada yada you know and that is true but you sort of subconsciously in your yeah. a thought in your head that somebody is judging you anyway even if you, they're saying they're not <laughs> Yeah, but it's um I know what it is it is daunting speaking to a stranger. Um but there's 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 some kinda of, you know, there's something comforting about it too that you sorta of, you know they they just they're they're there just literally to listen and that's and that's what they do, you know, it's a it's a it's a good thing, like like time, um and the way I sort of was like, you know, you don't have to hold back or you don't have to um sort of be a certain way around friends or whatever it may be that you would have been. So it was, um, and the same was with when I went to the council and too, it was the same, you know, um, initially the first session again, struggled to win. Uh, was sort of fighting with myself to make up an excuse not to go in and then I just eventually went in and the guy ended up being big into Gaelic football. So for like 55 minutes of the hour, um, spoke about football. Yeah. And then just sort of threw in at the end how I was feeling and why I was there and um, I think gradually each time I went I was saying more and more and then 
you know, it, it helped. It helped a lot. Like. Yeah. Um, well, it must have took a lot of uh, a lot of balls to use the um, to to do that. So um, you know, it's, it, but it, it it is good, and I know I, I speak to a lot of people, you know, day and daily who who are at that sort of point where they realise that they need help, but they're just they're just not. You know, they're just trying to take that, that step into, you know, sitting down and, and talking about things, and you know, it does take a lot of courage. Like, but it's it's um, it's the way I think it's the way to go. Yeah, and it's definitely the relief you'll get from from doing it. You know, if anyone's listening, that's that's sort of feeling that way or in that predicament. Like, you know, the relief is like, you know, you feel like you've lost a stone in like minutes like from just saying it out loud you're just like Jesus I, I don't have to I'm not keeping this just in my own my own head like you know if someone else is you know is listening to this and has, has heard me say this out loud now so and did you ever did you make contact with with your doctor or did I did I, I done it the sort of other way around like so I I, I done the, I went to counseling for about a year and um, 18 months maybe um, and it was sort of it got me to a stage but every so often it was still sort of flaring up like you know I was feeling I was feeling like shit basically you know and um, I probably struggled more with um, anxiety than I did you know you know there was probably a good stage where it was um, you know depressed um, like in terms of like you hear that a lot like you know it's depressing or whatever but I mean like physically you know couldn't get out of bed um, making excuses not to go into like work and um, different things like so it, it was it was just constantly coming up um, and I think at that stage there was the only real stable thing I had sort of going for me or in my life was um, playing football you know and that was a good escape too because for an hour or two I could go and just forget about things and just go and play and go and um, train and, and just forget about it like so I went to then I went to the GP I was like right I need to sort of I want to try something different like you know to see if we get to the bottom of it and tried medication um, tried it for a while um, you know it, to be fair it didn't really work for me but I know people that it you know it works a treat for like you know it works really well for so I would never say not try it you know everyone's sort of different but it just didn't work for me um, I I couldn't sleep um, with it uh, when I tried medication it was it was making me I was nearly like I was it was like I was like a, a newborn baby like you know my days and I think or my days and nights were mixed up like I was wide awake at night and nearly borderline sedative during the day so like so I just always felt so tired and, and lethargic and during the day and work and, um, and and plus trying to juggle to play it play for you know at inter-county level at that stage St Gauls you know we were winning championships for fun really um, so trying to play and perform and um, go to training and not sort of show any you know chinks in the armour so to speak um, that was that was tough so I tried it and then I was like I want to try and do it without taking medication or anything so I I tried um, I went to CBT 
which is cognitive behavioral therapy and um, I found it was definitely working a lot better um, because when you're in that sort of mindset me personally I was my thinking was really irrational like you know I was really good at making mountains out of molehills I know I know males are good at doing that anyway Um, but uh, I was I was nearly creating things you know making things up um, you know things that weren't even happening you know nearly making them you know forecasting that that would happen and just getting yourself in a terrible state of panic and uh, just well anxiety you know itself sort of I, I would find would would ha- would would help that sort of f- feeling of foreboding along you know or, or that irrational thought because if you have a physical sensation of anxiety you know um, it, 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 it's just like a perfect storm almost yeah it's 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 brutal like you know it was just staged during it where you know, still playing France and going to train and all, but I, I lost like nine kilo in weight, just couldn't really eat. It was just nearly cr- stomach crippling, like, um, and as I say, no one would have known because I was just putting on a front that it was all right, but um, behind closed doors and stuff, it was a, a different ballgame. Yeah. Do you think that's like, a, I would always sort of say that it's um, a massively, not even an Irish thing, but it's a Northern Irish thing. Mm-hmm. That you just you just keep going because my my granny, um, well my 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 auntie was was killed whenever she was twelve um, in the troubles. Okay. Um, and there would have been like there was there was no this is in nineteen seventy six right so this is this is before you mm-hmm. and me, like, yeah and uh, <clears throat> you know it it was just there was no there was no counselling there was nobody came to say Jesus are you all right and like I mean that's, obviously this is something that's that was just all you know done. yeah it was normal life sort of thing back then you just you just got on with it you mm-hmm. know, and that was very important and you, have, you have to keep going you know and that's something that you hear like older people and cultures and that you have to keep you have to keep on going even this fucking coronavirus yeah. you know, um people are saying well what do you think of this and do you think is there going to be a second wave and know. you know what so you just have to keep on you have to keep on going keep her let keep you know keep hammering away you know and i would be like i have keep going you know stamped on my coffee cup yeah. because there's a part of me does think yes you do have to keep going you have to you know even fake it to you mm-hmm. in a certain in a certain sense but i mean there is there does come a time when you keep going isn't it is an option yeah it's, it's not it's not the best option at all. Uh, you do have to stop and, and sort of take stock and, and and look at a different way of doing things you know yeah when i as i say when i think back like you know i, I play on a match two days later you know yeah i don't even honestly and uh, it's not even the odd sort of like <clears throat> it's not even the odd like sort of drama to the you know what a, you know the whole thing but like I literally can't remember much of that match you know and it was just pure adrenaline um, yeah. you know if a 30 nearly 34 year old could speak to a 26 year old me and say that like you know you just say like like sit this out like but I was hell bent and playing like and then you know got a tooth knocked out during the match obviously um, the concentration levels were all over over the place like so um you know, it's just it was just stupid, like you know. And as you say, keep going. I just I, I thought that was the best way to do it. Like was just keep going and try and be as normal as possible, as opposed to going. Do you know what? Sometimes just putting the brakes on and just taking sort of sort of stock of everything and and 
you know, sometimes you need to do that as well. Yeah. Well, here to to lighten the thing a wee bit, what what possesses anyone, right? Now, I my GAA career was not glittering at all. As in, I was the, the only girl that played football in a school that had about sixty pupils, and it, it was more to make a point than anything else. She was the best um, player in the school. Like. That well, pretty much. Um, so, and plus, I was first. I'm a short arse now. Like, so I think I was five foot four whenever I was in P six, P six, and that's that's when it ended. That's when my fuck my growth spurt just began. Ended, you know. Um, so I was a, I was an awful whore for um, playing football and stuff like that. Uh, but what on earth what makes someone want to be a goalie? Do you know what? I don't know. I um. I started off playing out the pitch, like as, as probably most people do. But um, from no ways, like I was always vertically challenged. You know, I was always tall, beanpole. Yeah. So from started off wee bits here and there in the goals because um, it was the biggest in the team, and then probably around like under ten, under twelve. I was continuously being put on goals, and then I can I obviously I thought they were putting me in nets because I was shite out the pitch. Um, they said Aye. they said they didn't like, but when you think now, like they definitely were. Um, and I used to go home crying to the man all the time and wanted to pack it in, and then you know um, just started probably enjoying uh, not chasing people. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, I was doing goals in soccer. You know, I tried everything when I was young. I was um, played Gaelic first, played Gaelic hurling soccer, went to karate, and judo. Tried Irish dancing, tried everything. Um, but was uh, like, I got this stage where I was just playing Gaelic soccer and hurling, and in Gaelic and soccer, I was I was I was a goalkeeper. So, um, and hurling, I was running out the pits, and I was just like, Do you know what? This is shit crack chasing people. Um, somebody who's lightning quick or. Um, you know, really skillful. I was just like, you know what, there's something to be said about just standing in nets, um, making your own business, slobbering the people. Um, and then, yeah, I just, uh, just really enjoy it. And then the positions changed as well over the years too. Like, you know, it's not just um, a matter of just being put in nets and um, that's it. Like, you know, over the last sort of, maybe, I don't know, six, seven, eight years even, um, more and more nearly becoming the most important position with so much emphasis on you know what way people kick the ball out and how much of your own kick out you can win and also I enjoy that sort of pressure and all of it too like you know of trying to hit a certain percentage of your own kick outs and um, all the scrutiny on that like, so I, I actually I enjoy it like so as I say it gets, out, it gets you out of running so like if you're doing running with a group of players and you come last, yeah. well, so you can always say, sure, I do nets. And then if you beat somebody in a race, you can always go, how's a goalkeeper if beating you in a race? <laughs> if, if you had to have your, your photo, or if you had to have a photograph of a goalkeeper up above the mantelpiece, who would it be? Oh, um, probably Peter Schmeichel, to be fair, like, you know, I was, was yeah. <laughs> you know, I had every United top um, under the sun, my man, obviously, mad United fan, but, um, yeah. It was back in the day when you used to go down to JJB and get the names printed on the back and it was a pound a number or a pound a letter and Schmeichel had about, I don't know, about 26 letters in it or something. So did you, did you just get cure? No, Maud, get, yeah, Maud was rather to kill like getting Schmeichel one on the back like so 
always enjoyed always enjoyed his style of, of goalkeeping like you know and he was always well he was just because he was fucking nuts good, and he was a big presence and whatever like so uh, I would say yeah, say him and pretty pretty cheap too uh, for, yeah the good, good the good good old value I just make oh wow uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to flick a few questions here. Um, God. I, uh, don't worry, it's it's not it's not sexual or anything. <laughs> um, so uh, we have a lady here has asked. Um, I just said any anybody wants to talk about anything, blah blah blah. So uh, preparing mentally to go back to work after all this. So how how does one go about? Jeez. Uh, well, first of all, it depends what your work is. Um, it depends on obviously the occupation. Like, um, I was actually just chatting to Miller Half there, Maria, tonight, and saying, like, you know, it's nearly getting to the stage now where it's nearly went too far down the road, like, where people are like, do you even want to go back now? Or um, it's difficult, like, but I think just I miss the crack of the people I work with. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them, and I think just sort of going, do you know what? When, when in your lifetime would you ever have thought, you know what, everything's going to come to a standstill? You're going to be off work for three months. Um, depends on your your circumstances. Some people are probably dying to get out the door if they've kids, um, or they've a mountain other half in their head, and uh, they're looking forward to getting back to work. So it was just, um, you know, if you enjoy it, so there's a lot of variables there. Like if you enjoy going to, if you enjoy your work or enjoy your job, uh, it makes it a bit easier to go back to. Like so, just say just embrace it, and like it'd be good to get back to some form of normality. I don't like that saying the new normal. I just I like the, I like the old normal. Like yeah. <laughs> Do you think that uh, would you be of the mindset that um, <clears throat> that people are going to be so grateful for? You know, so you know, human interaction and you know all all the wee things. You know, people say you know we realise now that the wee things are actually massive well, things. Definitely, because like it's all it's all well and good if somebody if you have a big family or you have a lot of friends or you have you know nieces, nephews, kids in the room. It you know makes it a bit easier. But there's a lot of people that are living their own um, as well. So for them, it's. I'd say it's it's massive to get back into into work and even in in around you know lunchtime, break time, just having conversations with people. I'd say for the likes of the, for the likes of people who are on their own, um, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty tough. Like so, it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to like you know just a, a bit of a, I like a routine now. I must say. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's, that's sort of building into the whole keep going thing as well. Um, but yeah, routine is good. I suppose we are, you know, we are designed for it. And, and we like we like social constructs as well. Yeah. Because one of the things that makes me laugh my head off, uh, did maybe sort of six weeks ago, um, the off licenses. Oh. Right? The off licenses were, you know, the queue outside them on a Friday and a Saturday. Madness. Is unreal. And he used to think to himself, what is wrong with you? You can drink any night of the week now. I know. You know, but we still seem to adhere to this, you know. I will drink at the weekend. You, you have a drink at the weekend, like, um, Home drinking's dodgy, like. Yeah, well, it is. I'm, I got very drunk last Thursday night talking to Brona Diamond. <laughs> and, um, uh, do you know Brona at all? No, I don't think so, no. Brona is from round your neck of the woods. Right. She's an absolute rocket. She's a very funny woman. Right. And uh, we we chatted. I'm actually surprised that Spotify didn't say hey girls. 
secure filth that need to take that down. Rain it in. Um, yeah, rain it in. Jesus, I'm just getting off him. Um, I've got a long, long time chatter here who has no problem with his name being read out because he's a fame thirsty uh, Banbridge wagger. Um, his name's Chris and he, he said, no problem with my name being read out. Uh, do you think we're sitting on a mental health time bomb? Which actually sounds like a threat. Yeah. No, there's definitely, definitely something going to come. Like, you know, even, even I was chatting to my mum last weekend and she was saying like, hearing of different sort of suicides that, happen, that had happened in West Belfast that like, you never hear of it due to you know what we get bombarded with on the news the local news as well like so um you know for a lot of people there's a lot of a lot of stress um people losing jobs people um you know probably you know living in I don't know, like domestic, you know, bad relationships or whatever. Um, yeah. Financial worries, people turn into drink or drugs or even gambling, which is a massive problem in society. Um, to try and make up for, you know, losing a job or being furloughed or whatever it may be. So I, I don't envy um, Robin Swan in the slightest because I think once we sort of get the grips with this pandemic he, he could be and he already was to be fair like you know you know for such a small place in you know the north here like i don't know there's 1.8 million people compared to the rest of the sort of uk and, and down south um you know the suicide rates are, are crazy um and for, for instance it used to be you know it's, it's always men it's young men but more and more it's becoming it's, it's females too like so um, I don't envy the job he has on his hands because um, I could see there being a, a big influx in it and it's something that was was really underfunded before all this. Um, so uh, I'm hoping that they get as much money given to it to try and help people uh, and help charities because there, there is some really good um, charities doing really good work like but they, they, need, they need help like. But yeah. definitely, um, it would be it would be something I've thought about, and, and it would be worrying to think like. Do you think that it's possible to um, to prevent suicide? Do you know what? It's it's a tough one. Um, I think you know you hear there's so many again a lot of different variables. Like you know, it's it's all very good. And you you hear people say, God you'd never get that stage and blah blah but you know if you ever get that stage and you know and, and you know myself i never done anything to myself but it's weird where your mind can, can take you to go that's your most dominant thought and then you think there's no other way out um and a lot of the time it's panic people people want help it's a cry for help you hear people saying a lot of the times it's probably panic sets in and it doesn't mean that they don't mean to do that you know, they just sort of, um, I think all you can do is, you know, raise as much awareness as possible, make it, you know, create environments, whether it's in work or, um, you know, social clubs, um, sporting clubs, you know, I'm just thinking of myself here, like um, uh, my own examples, sorry, um, where it's okay to speak about your, your mental health, where it's okay to go to a manager and work because, We've all been there. Like I, I know jobs I've had over the years, like of, like working in Subway, like sandwich artist, um, you know, ringing in on a Monday, 
after being out on a Sunday night and saying, here, I have a sore stomach and I'll be in today, I have sick. You know, your man- yeah. managers would have been, look here, I hope you're okay and, um, you know, let us know if you're you're going to be in again on Tuesday or something or whatever it may be. But yeah. I think the big sort of stigma is if you rang into work and said, look, I'm not feeling great between the years. Um, I don't know if we're at that place yet. I know a lot of workplaces sort of, you know, more up to date with and, and, and taken on board. Um, a lot of old school type jobs or managers would be like, you know, give yourself a shake, come on in. Um, yeah. and it, could, it could be more detrimental sort of thing. Like, so it's, I don't know if you can ever avoid it. Like, I think sometimes people just, uh, if, if it's really in somebody's head and they can't get the help and more importantly, they don't want the help. Um, then they'll, they'll find a way of, of doing it in some way, shape or form, like, which is sad. Like. No, the reason that I ask that is because um, obviously you have all these days now, so you've got World Mental Health Day, you've got, you know, and things like that, and the one that gets me is Suicide Prevention Day, mm. because, you know, you know, right, okay, let's all let's all prevent suicide for a day. Yeah, you know, I know. And like, how, how do you actually prevent suicide? I mean, you can, you can prevent slips and falls and you can prevent... <laughs> stuff like that but I mean how do you prevent someone from exercising you know, no, it's, you know what's, what's in their what's in their mind or what's in their what's in their heart I know and again it's so it's so easy like to access things now like you know all you have to do is use Google smartphones have everything videos how to do things um, you know um, and again like society as well you know there's more and more the likes of drugs you know people coming on, on downers um, I mentioned it earlier, one of the biggest issues that I've had people speaking to me about is gambling. You know, gambling is so, so ripe in our society. Um, you know, it's so accessible now. It's not just a matter of walking into bookies and, and filling out a sheet and handing your money over the counter. I mean, you know, it's it's on our phones, our tablets, you know, it's... I'm, before people know it, they can run up serious debt and, you know, the, the panic and the feel there's no other way out or can't make payments and stuff like so. It's just I think those days are probably, you know, as you're saying, I don't think you can prevent it, but I think that more of the word is, is awareness. You can make people aware of, you know, the, the helplines and, um, you know, showing people success stories of people getting help and coming out the other side of it that it doesn't have to be the doom and gloom of god we have 300 suicides a year in northern ireland or um you know what about showing the people that went you know what i want to go and get help and and now look at them and how they're living um so i think it's just how a broadcast is i suppose it's a bit like what you what you'd said about COVID 19 you know we're um obviously it's very sad that people have lost lives and um, the numbers we've had, but many people have actually come out the other side of it, or you've seen success stories of it. So I think yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it would be an, it would be an, an, an interesting statistic to, to not to turn out, but to to um, to release to say, well, you know, X amount of charities or X amount of you know um, services had so many users, and you know, yeah. it could be you know. A, more positive sort of way to, to look at you know every year it's in around the 300 mark where people and it works out one a day um but many people have actually went and got the help and maybe turned their lives around maybe the 
they went in like counseling, they had no job or whatever and they've you know, got a job, house, um, you know, and, and living life to the full again, like because um what is it? It's a fine line between uh both. You know, um I think it's just trying to make people aware that you don't uh, you know if you hang in there and, and, and seek the help and, and go and get the help because it's all really good I think people saying you know ring Samaritans or ring X, Y and Z I think a lot of the time people need to want the help too like um, and they want to want to make a change for the, for the better like so that that's massive too like um, I've got another question here. I'm gonna gonna rattle through here because I'm I'm conscious that you you probably have to go and do some burpees or something. Um, <laughs> I do not so don't have to run or, or move after people. Um, in a social media dominated world, how can people deal with public name and shaming slash rumors, etc.? The impact of this on mental health is huge. Just again, I'm. Um, big believer of, uh, the, you know, the, the All Blacks have a saying where they, they say control the controllables. And I always think in anything, the only thing I can relate to is um, is from sport. So like, I used to be held out and going, right, what will the ref be like? Or what will the, the opposition or the crowd and all this? And then after a while, you're just like, you know what? I can't control any of that. I can't control what people put in the media. I can I can limit what I, I read. I can put the words in the Twitter and all, and wherever it comes up, you, you can put it in where it doesn't come up in your newsfeed. Um, I know a lot of people are doing that with the likes of Liverpool at the minute, um, and you know limit to what you're 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 watching and what you're listening because if you let it all get in on you, it's it's very easy to get into a bad habit and, and get into a rut as well. Like. Yeah, you know um, Annette, obviously. Uh, Annette little Penny, yeah. L- little Penny. Do you know what? She has a great. Um, well, she's, she actually stole. She stole a quote off me, right? She asked her for for uh, for a quote to sort of sum it all up, right? And she uses the the quote, "Don't be a dick." Oh, uh, so Tony. She stole that off me, right? So, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to get you know antsy about it or you know go down the legal route yet. Uh, you think of it? Yeah, but she's she's got a really good one um, herself, and we've had chats different times, and it's not my circus, not my monkeys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that that is a that is a really lovely way of saying, you know, if it's nothing to do with you, then stay the fuck Big time. And as well, you you find out as well, like I think if you're getting through a difficult patch or um you find out who your your real friends are too. You know, you think people for years may be your mates and you, you spend a lot of time with people but are they really your friends and you know, sometimes you're better off having you know, maybe five or six really close friends and thinking you're yeah. really popular having all these people around you when they really don't offer any sort of thing to you. And if anything, they're probably, you know, one, one day they're your mate, one day they're not. Um, yeah. So, uh, big time. And yeah, I think you learn that maybe as you get older too. Um, yeah. So. Age, age and wisdom. Age and wisdom. I have more than you do. Right, I've got one very specific one here. So uh, this lady said, as an aunt to three young people, I am incredibly aware of toxic masculinity and its impact on mental health for everyone. What steps does your guest feel the GAA could take to lead the country in battling toxic masculinity in sports and wider society? 
starting. This is it's a very this is a totally specific. Well, it's starting with their youngest members. So what do, what do you think? Of that? Uh, that there, I think my signal's bad. Um, uh-huh. oh, I'm joking. Um, it's a tough one. Like I mean, I've um, I know now. I like it. I suppose because it's an amateur association, so to speak. Um, you know, they have the Gaelic Players Association, which look after the the male county footballers and hurlers. They also have now the women's GPA. Um, we look after Camogues and, and ladies footballers, and you know they do do brilliant work. You know, and they're both on a, a level playing field. Um, I done a course last year with them. Um, on, on leadership and business and sport and you know it was a, a real you know a real selection of people footballers hurlers camogues ladies footballers so um the problem the ga had is that uh, the gpa sorry they they look after about two and a half thousand players you know there's about thirty thousand forty thousand club players in the in the country um at senior level never mind like underage so it's it's you know obviously there needs to be more funding for the ladies game um tv rights as well obviously um to put it on the same sort of pedestal as the the men's game um yeah i think obviously like anything you know being equal and, and having equality is is a sort of cornerstone to that yeah well do you know what whenever we started chatting here um first of all you mentioned that um there was a, a helpline that there's like a, a helpline that you know GA, I think. Mm-hmm. So that that's um that sort of i was not surprised by that i mean i suppose any large organization will have put put stuff in place yeah you know for that but that that must have been a, a massive help and, and very reassuring do you know what it, people um the, you know the gpa are are unbelievable like for the players that they look after as i say that the problem the problem everyone has with them is that it's only for county players and you know i was lucky in that way that i was obviously the look after past and present players um and their attitude is you know whatever it takes whatever you need we'll we'll back it and and you know take care of it sort of thing and set it up um which is which is brilliant like um again yeah. because it's amateur um a lot of people will be like what about the normal club player you know or what about the people that don't have access to that that, that sort of number and I, again I, I was lucky because I know people would be like she have to wait eight weeks on a counselling service or a counselling session mm-hmm. you know I was lucky to get one two days after two days and um, things like that sort of were let's say worked worked out well for me you know it's um but it's 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 a hard one for an amateur association to, to look after so many people you know nationwide play our games like so um I think more and more clubs, uh, most clubs now have health and wellbeing forums. They have yeah. health and wellbeing officers. Um, so soon enough, we're going to have COVID nineteen officers too. Um, but there, you know, there's plenty of clubs to put on um, awareness days, awareness nights, um, and you know, even in my own clubs and goals, you know, the, the ladies are. Um, well, they are. They're as, they're as important, if not more important, than um, the, ma- the, main, the male team, sorry. Yeah. 
Well, I suppose, I mean, it's it's just, I suppose that's just about progress. You know? It is, and they're doing, they're doing really well. I mean, I think the numbers last year and stuff for the All-Ireland Ladies Football Finals were, you know, 50-odd thousand people uh, in Crookwick. So, I mean, it's going in the right direction. Um, and I think that helps that it's, that obviously it's amateur games, but it gets such a big... Um, Big, such a big pool and a big audience, you know, nationwide. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll not wrap that one up. There was another person uh, who actually had a, asked a question, but we've kind of covered most of it already. And then I had another contributor, contributor, um, <laughs> who said, uh, just recently been prescribed antidepressants, mm-hmm. um, took my first steps to get better. Um, I just, you know, following up on what you said about antidepressants, um, they're not. Like I've said it before, like you know, on here, um, they're not a fix by no <laughs> imagination. But um, I, I did find that they, I, I had the same experience that you did. <clears throat> in that, you know, that the initial one, um, that the doctor prescribed to me had, you know, it gave me mm-hmm. a, a weird sort of, you know, mental energy yeah. at like two, two or three o'clock in the morning. Not, 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 not in frantic or anything. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I was awake, um, but. That's when you go back to your doctor and you say, "Listen, this isn't working for me. Yeah. This, my mood has improved, but um, it's I seem to be getting too much of a spike at night or whatever." Yeah. And that's when, when you know, your GP will say, "Right, well, let's try something different." Definitely, and to be fair, I, you know, when I when I said as well, like you know, I probably didn't give it long enough. You know, I was very much right. I, nah, that's not for me. Um, you know, sort of. I was just probably frantic, just going, nah, I wanna wanna try something else like um Well I mean it is like you know, we do say, you know, it takes six six weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, but six weeks is, is a, a long time for people. Long amount of time mm-hmm. whenever, you know, if you're you're battling you're demons, system, yeah. Yeah. You know? Um but you know, but uh, like it just shows you, I suppose, everybody's different, um, and uh, I think that the most crucial thing is the sort of talking. Yeah, talking, and each of, each of them so-called sort of professionals that I went to, between the counsellor, the doctor, and then CBT, one of the first questions they ask is, what your what exercise what's your exercise levels like? Because just on it, just when you you're saying there about antidepressants, like you know the best antidepressant we have available is exercise. Um, and I don't mean <laughs> you're saying do burpees. No, there's no chance I do burpees. Um, but it doesn't have to be a mad training session or playing a match for your club or your county or whatever it may be. It may be just you know from <laughs> even from I've sort of. Got it. Got used to the culty life and um, walking. You know, yeah. putting your earphones in, going for a walk. And um, sometimes it just be like, you know, the, the hardest thing is maybe putting your shoes on to go like. But you always feel better for it after. Um, well, as, as I say, no, you, you never regret. No, definitely not. A walk or no. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what what's happening with you then? The head health matters. Um, that's your handle on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing? Workshops? Are you doing talks? Do you know what? Yeah, it was it was never really anything. The, the, the sort of thinking behind it was, um, well, first of all, I, I came across. Obviously, I know social media gets a bad light of like you know people comparing themselves, and it depends what way you use it or what way you sort of approach it, I suppose. But I I came across a helpline through social media so I was grateful for that you're able to 
you're able to read more things online, whether it's traveling to and from work, whether it's just sitting about the house or whatever it may be, we're all on our phones a lot more. So I suppose I just I just started that page. Do you know what, actually? I done my cruciate ligament in my knee last year, so I've had an operation in September. I just thought, do you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just start doing this. And there's no real, I don't, I don't have a concrete plan. I don't have like a something like I wouldn't call myself like a like, you know blogging or anything. I just sort of like you know share things at different times or if it's quotes or, or pictures or whatever it may be. Just that's if you know, especially during all these times where people are confused and, and out of their routines and maybe you know maybe get a tight and where they just go, Do you know what? That's what I, I needed to maybe read something like that today or, or whatever. And I think if just that people can relate to us or and they use that to go and get help themselves, then that, that's the only real thinking behind it. In terms of going and speaking and stuff, anytime um, clubs or, you know, I've been in their businesses, I even went to, <laughs> the GPA brought me to Brussels last year to speak at European Parliament um, right. for them. Um, th- th- again, as I say, it's probably wise because it's so relatable because it doesn't matter if you're, like when I was in that room in, in Brussels, there was people from Germany, Belgium, I don't know, all over all over Europe at the time. And um, I think they were actually panicked initially when they heard someone from Anderson's town was coming and <laughs> they were probably worried that I was going to start speaking about Brexit and what way we were thinking about that. but. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from, but you know, people in that room had lost parents or um, as well. So I think a lot of people can relate to it in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. the, the probably the overwhelming message I got back when I done that was um, when I put that blog out initially was a lot of people were like, you know, I felt like I wrote that myself. Um, and as you say, Irish people in general very much just go. Do you know what? Just get on with. It. And people have said to me, you know, it's taken me maybe twenty years to to actually deal with it, or to actually go and get help or speak to someone about, you know, about losing a parent or losing someone in their life. Like so, um, yeah, that's a real. Specific. I don't. I don't really go and, you know, I wouldn't go around sort of seeking to go and speak to places. I maybe should probably do that more. To be fair, but. Um, uh, to go to go around more places, but I, I just sort of you know if someone asks me to come and speak, then then uh, then I'll go. Yeah. No, well, I'd, listen, I I would be I'd be highly surprised if I don't get um a lot of messages um whenever this goes out from people who will have found this um helpful. So so maybe that is something to <laughs> something to look at. Um, you could get your ma to be your role. <laughs> You're talking about Spotify. You you'd need to um cops and the guards would have to be involved in that early. Not at all, not at all. Um, just, just to wrap up, specific, and this, this probably hasn't been the latest podcast in the book, no. but sure, fuck, it's done now. Um, what, specifically, what advice would you have for someone who is struggling with grief? Um, just thinking what, like, what I was like when I was, you know, as I said, um, I'd love to give myself better advice than what the way I went about it. I suppose give yourself time to sort of digest it um, mm-hmm. and realize that you know my you know my case obviously it was my daddy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
just be have a good network of friends, family that you can you can speak to. Um, don't let it build up in where you get this stuff like you're, you're like a ticking time bomb. Um, don't let it get to the stage where it all just sort of explodes and then you feel like it's just overwhelming that basically you don't want to be here or um, you want to take your own life because you don't want to feel that way anymore. That um, they, ask, they ask for help when you when you need it. Um, and obviously if you if you you need the help and you, you want to get it then you, you will get better and listen you probably never you, you, you don't well I know I probably won't you don't get over it I don't think you just learn to live with it a bit better and manage it a bit better and you know someone someone said to me when we were playing for St Gaul's years ago a good friend of mine um, like and it wasn't even at that stage I had lost anyone's last stage but he always used to say do it, do it for those that can't be here so I changed my thinking to instead of being upset that anything I do or anytime I play and I'm trying to make trying to make my dad proud so um, I suppose trying to turn it on a on a flip side on a, on a positive is a big thing too like Listen, Chris, I'm going to leave it there. No I really, really appreciate you taking the time no um, to, to have the crack. <laughs> I hope that uh, Armagh is as good to you as Hamish's uh, time has been. And uh, for all of you guys that have listened to this, um, give, give him a follow there. He has matters. Um, he'll be on my Insta as well. And uh, please, God, whenever... Um, you, you get sick of looking sheep and cows in Armagh, come to Neary and we'll, looking more. we'll get you a coffee. <laughs> yes. Ah, well, yeah. <laughs> more, more cows than sheep, maybe. Uh, um, no, no problem, uh, definitely will. We'll, we'll get a coffee and a crack and um, hope you get back to to football and all those things yes. whenever all this nonsense uh, looking, looking forward to it. <laughs> and uh, tell your ma I was asking. Oh, well, indeed. No, no problem. Right, yes, sir. no bother. Th- thank you so okay, much. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Bye. Bye-bye.